I'm Sue. And I'm Abigail. Welcome Welcome to Two Two of a Kind, a podcast where we'll explore all things business, all things web, and and tons of things life. So we're going to chat about ways that you can take your business from okay to oh wow. So sit back, grab a cup of your favorite beverage, and let's learn together on Two Two of a Kind. Today, we are going to talk about how to start when you don't know how. What a topic. What a topic. Let's get started today on our very first question. So what's our question for the day? Is writer's block real and how do we push past it? You know, that's such an awesome question for one of our listening audience. So let's start with that. Let's define it. What is writer's block? So I had to look it up, but the actual definition says writer's block is a temporary or lasting failure to put words on paper. Mm. It can hit every writer if only for a few minutes or a day or two, but it becomes a real problem when the writer is not reaching targets and when they feel incapable of completing a piece of work. Incapable of completing a piece of work. That speaks volumes. I know I really relate to the feeling incapable because, man, how often do we let our feelings control us? I know for me, I do a lot if I really don't think about it. Oh, those feelings. Oh, I know. I try to avoid them at all costs. Right. Especially during writer's block. It's like they always spike when I'm trying to get something done. But Mm -hmm. what are some ways I can get past writer's block and just start? Well, you know, there's multiple, multiple ways, but I'm reading this cool book that I wanted to talk about today. It's called Evolve or Die. What a title. What a title, right? And it's by Robin Crow. And what Robin Crow did is he is the guy who created Dark Horse Recording here in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, we know now that it is huge and successful and so many artists from all over the world have come to his studio but it didn't start out that way. What I love about his story was he started with RCA and had a a pretty great job. And then all of a sudden he didn't, was let go at RCA. And so he had a decision on his block of life. He had to figure out what to do next. Well, he loved music. So what he did was he looked at this dream. and, And first of all, It was a dream, but he was also sitting there looking at his family and he was saying, what do I do next? I have mouths to feed and I have to come up with something. So what he did was he didn't hesitate. He says here in his book, when I first opened my doors for business, Dark Horse was nothing more than a small, no-nonsense studio attached to a rundown Green Acres type house that I had just managed to buy before getting dropped from RCA. That's how so many dreams start, in rundown houses. At ground zero. I mean, and sometimes people see where they're going to start, and they're so afraid to start because they're like, ooh, this, I don't really know where to go. I don't know what, I don't know how to start this thing. Well, I think that you hit that word right there. That's the biggest thing, is fear. Fear comes in, and we sit there and we say that we can't before we even try. And that big word, nope, is written across our chest. And we have to figure out ways to be able to start that yes. 
Like I think about, you've told me stories about your brother, Johnny. <laughs> Tell the listening audience a little bit about how he started his TikTok and the crazy virality that he's had. Is it's, that a word? Virality? I don't know. All right, but I just made it up. I love it though. But no, he, it's been so much fun to watch him. I mean, he makes the funniest videos. He's the funniest kid. He's spontaneous. There is not a bone of fear in his body. He just goes for it. He just has a good time. He loves automotive photography, and that's what a lot of his mm. videos are about. But his video that went viral is like a Nerf gun video, and it got millions and millions Sweet. of plays. Well, he just he wasn't afraid to start, though, right? No, he just went for it. So with all that being said, the best way to get past writer's block is to follow these three steps. First, we need to give ourselves grace. Second of all, we need to walk away from it for a moment. And third, we need to remember why we started writing this in the first place. Yes, once you define the why, starting comes much more naturally. It sure does. Today's gadget is so much fun. It is a time tracking device called the Time Flip. It's a dohecahedron. What in the world? <laughs> I had to look it up, so don't worry. And I actually even looked up how to pronounce it because it's spelled, I'm not, not even going to spell it. <laughs> so it has 12 flat faces. So think of, you know, an octagon, but this has 12 spaces flat spaces that you're able to put stickers on. So you put a sticker and let's say, for example, the first sticker you put at the top is your workout sticker. So the whole time you're working out, you keep that sticker at the very top. Then you're done working out and you flip it. Now it's time to write your blog. So you have your little blog sticker up there. And then let's say that you just want some time for peace and you're taking a little nap. So you put your little nap sticker. And what it does is it tracks your time. I love that. I track my time pretty intensely. I mean, you've seen my calendar. I know. Well, I am actually working with a wellness coach right now, and she's continuously talking about time budgeting. Gosh, I can barely take a checkbook and be able to register that, let alone my time budget. So I'm working on it, and this could be something that could help me. So today's gadget that's going to help you in making your business better and your life is called the Time Flip, and it can be found on? On your blog. On my blog. Yes. So if you can go to The Inner Vision, vision with a Z, theinnervision.com slash blog, you can click the gadgets category and you'll be able to find some information on Time Flip. So let's dig into the topic of the day, which mm -hmm. is how to start even when you don't know how. I've honestly found myself in the place where I have no idea where to start. I'm writing things on paper. I'm going through notes. Mm -hmm. I'm writing all this stuff on a whiteboard. And it's just all the ideas are just a mess in my head. And I just want success, but I need to know how to start better. Yeah, I think that that word... Or that phrase, how to start better, is what's so important. You see, because success, Abigail, is built on the speed of implementation. 
I mean, think about this. How many projects have we started that aren't finished? Millions. I mean, I have lists. I can flip through my notebooks and show you all the projects that I wanted to start that I never finished. I know. And that's no fun, right? I mean, that doesn't help our self-esteem. That has, doesn't help us start and finish other things either, does it? Absolutely not. No. Because then the more projects you haven't finished, the more fear of failure it just starts to pile and pile and pile. Mm-hmm. So starting when we even don't know how... That it needs to come from a place of maybe previous successes or, to tell you the truth, maybe even previous failures. For example, I believe that if we don't start, we may lose that start. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There was a book once that a friend of mine, she had an idea to start this book, and she was so excited to be able to put it from uh, mind to paper took out the pen, started, and nothing came on it. She had it in her head, though, and she kept saying, oh, I'm going to get back to that. I'm going to get back to that. But so many things kept her from starting. So one day, we were literally in a bookstore, and I picked up this book, and I said, oh, my gosh, this is the book that you were going to write. Oh, my gosh. It was a horrible moment for her, and she looked at it, and she's like, yep, God gave me that idea. And then when I didn't start, he gave it to someone else. Wow. I think that's so true. People say that all the time. They see stuff and say, oh, I thought of that. Oh, I totally thought of that years ago. That was my idea. And it happens more than you know. It even happened, um, Jules, my daughter, I was on the phone with her the other day. And I said, Julia, I literally just heard this song. And look, these are your lyrics. And of course, she said to me, she goes, Mom, I know. I heard that those were my lyrics. And she says, the universe gave it to me, and I just threw it back. Wow. Yeah. So beginning to start is that very first thing that we need to do. I know it kind of sounds profound. Like, how do you start? Well, you just start. But that literally is what we need to do first. Now, we all have, and you know I'm an Enneagram coach also. So each one of the types have a reason why they can't start. Mm, well, tell me tell me all the reasons. I want to hear all about it. I, you know me. I love the Enneagram. Well, I love people, and being able to know them from the inside out is such a great gift. So I, I just jotted down a couple things. So let's say, first of all, that beautiful one, that one on the Enneagram, perfection, that perfection that lives inside of them, those voices that say this has to be exactly right, Even, I mean, not being one myself, I can still really relate to that feeling of staring at a blank piece of paper and Mm -hmm. going, I can't put anything on this. It has to be perfect. Yes. Oh, I know. We all do in our own ways. Now, I went to the two, that lovely two that loves to help other people. They get stuck writing what they think others want to read instead of what they want to write. So they have these great ideas of what they want to write. And they get stuck because they're trying to compare it against, will people really want to read that? Wow. I mean, I've thought that too. I think, honestly, I think we're going to find that most of these, we can relate to all of them. Well, you know, I believe we have access to every single one of these, but one of them is going to stick to the core more than anything. Like this next one, the three. This is the one that really stands out to me. Yeah. There's so many things to write about that you have, Abigail, but where should the focus go? 
And I've seen you do that. Like, I, I want to deal with this and I want to write this and I want to write this and I want to write this. And that's the very main reason why you hired me in the beginning was to laser focus. Laser focus. It's one of my new favorite phrases that I've coined from you or gleamed from you, as they say. But even before, when we were talking about getting started, that's the biggest thing. I may have all the ideas in the world, but choosing one seems like such a scary task. I feel like I need to do all of them at the same time or <laughs> leaving one out. It's that FOMO, that fear of missing out. I think one of my ideas is going to miss out, so I have to do all of them at the same time. Well, that can cause burnout real quick, as you know. Many times that happens to Enneagram 3s. Oh, yeah. Now let's go to our lovely 4s. They feel that they've just run out of unique things to say. So why even start? Which you know is a huge crock because 4s mm-hmm. always have creative ideas. That's true. They just have to believe it to be able to start. Then we have the five. Oh my gosh, I love my fives because without them, we literally would not have all that information and research that they've already done ahead of time for us. And thank God, huh? Having the any uh, online and being able to grab all those resources from them doing all the research. <laughs> I love that. Yes, I know where to look. So here. they spend more time in research, not feeling they have enough information to be able to start writing. Mm. Yes, or doing anything for them to be able to start a new job. They'll might sit there and go, I need more information before I even go on the interview. Or for all of our creatives and entrepreneurs, they feel, "Mm, I don't even think I can start that business yet until I have all the information in front of me. And you know what happens with that. Almost like having all the ideas and not knowing where to start. It's kind of next to impossible. Yes. Yeah. So the six, my daughter Amber is a six, and I love her so much. But each new thing brings a new question. Mm, More research. More research, and she gets stuck in what could happen or those questions. Each of her questions will have a new question and a new question and a new question. And starting can be a problem if you go down that hole. Oh, absolutely, because then what you're writing may turn into like something 10 times longer than you ever really wanted to write because you write one paragraph and you think, well, if someone has this question, I need to also say this. So I relate to the six a lot as well. I know. So whenever you are starting a business or you're starting a new venture in your business or you're starting a new website or you're just starting a new division to the business that you already have, if you are a six and you're just lying under a big, huge heap of questions, you need to start asking yourself questions and sort through those questions. That will help you to start. Then we have the seven. OMG and LMNOP. (laughs) This is you. This is me. The mind swirls with every idea in the world. And it's that focus again, also that the three has. But on this, I'm not only trying to focus, I want to do each thing. As I talked about, we were talking about earlier, and you're like, Sue, can you kind of like tell me what you mean, what your brain sounds like whenever you're trying to focus? And I said, well, being unhealthy and out of focus, I could start and say, you know, Abigail, it was so much fun today. I was able to talk to this lady who was in the store. As a matter of fact, 
this store now, this is the new Kroger, and it got huge. It was so great. They even have like their own pharmacy over in the corner. Oh my gosh. Speaking of that pharmacy, people were coughing like crazy. I mean, I don't even know if I want to walk into that section. And as I'm talking about all these things, I'm sitting here thinking, what was I even starting with in the first place? That's where sevens go. Wow. It almost, it really makes me think of my brother when you say that because he's a seven and this kid has loads of ideas and in the middle of the ideas are stories and funny sayings and, and pictures and, oh, look at this thing that I found. And it's, it's like an adventure just talking to him. <laughs> but I can't imagine trying to focus if I was in his head. Well, it makes it hard to start. Yeah. Because we're all over the place and all of a sudden we've even forgotten what we had started in the first place. Right. I have some eight friends and I'll tell you, they will tell me, Sue, I don't have any problems starting. <laughs> I think that they just say, I started... I'm done. So that finishing may be a little bit harder by starting to finish, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. I have a a friend who's an eight as well. And sometimes she'll just start it. She'll blow through it. She won't overthink it or anything. She'll just blow through it. And then she's like, I'm finished. It's, It's done. It's fine. When a project takes from start to finish and starting when you don't even know how may not be a thing that affects the type eight, but being able to start strong and finish strong is also part of the whole, the whole piece, the whole puzzle. Right. So then you have the nine and guess what? That procrastination comes back in, in a way that the page just stays blank. They struggle so much that type, which is starting in the first place especially in super, super unhealthy parts of our life as an Enneagram 9. But with every single one of these, with every one, Abigail, we need to, first of all, we need to accept the fear. And we need to try to start in the most best way for our type. I'm going to give you points that really have to do with everybody's type because I think that this can help. So the very first thing is just start. I, I know that sounds profound, right? Just start. It sounds a little crazy. Right. But accept the fear and just start. How many times have you accepted the fear? Oh, a lot. Sometimes I just have to force myself to just go for it, even when I don't know how. But sometimes winging it actually is a good practice. I think sometimes it helps me to think about it more so as learning than what if I fail? I just think, oh, what if I learn something? Well, I remember when we had the idea of starting this podcast, you were so excited and say, oh, this is just going to be easy. No, no, no. (laughs) What was your thought process when we first started? And we actually, when we did first start, what was your thoughts in your mind? Well, my first thought was my uncle has said that I should do uh, voice recording work. He's tried to get me to do that for like three years. So I had this little not so humble thought that I would be really good at this. And then when we started and we had to restart a bunch of times, I thought, ooh, I have a lot of practice and learning to do here. Mm -hmm. But were you afraid to start? Definitely. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we're here, right? We're here. We're We're doing it. Yep. So you accepted that fear and we just started. So that's that very first tip is just start. Do 
fail, repeat. Do, fail, repeat. Guess what the next one is? Do, Do, fail, repeat. repeat. Because after a period of time, that word fail gets out and success is replaced on that. So it becomes do, success, repeat. You see, there's a Chinese proverb that says, trowel often exhibits truly wonderful results. Mm, I love that. So I really realize every single time that I've start started, it hasn't always been smooth. I get it. There's been some really rough starts, but I'm proud of every single one of my starts. And I'm using the failures as insight. So I'm not throwing the failures away. I don't want to repeat those failures. I like want to wade into the shallow end of the pool and just start, you know? Even if it's starting slow, I, th- I think just start is actually good advice when you sit down and think about it. Yep. So that's our number one tip. Just start. Number two, get rid of the distractions. Set a timer. Have goals in really short pieces. I think sometimes, Abigail, we don't celebrate the tiny wins. And when we celebrate each one of those little wins, it becomes incremental and we just keep adding and adding and adding. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you have a podcast. Yes. <laughs> With a lot of bad words, laughing, yes, ordering food, yes, extra time. It's worth it. Boy, if they could just see behind the scenes, right? I wish. I wish they could. Maybe we'll do a video podcast. Okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm not kidding. ready yet. But one day we will start that. Yes. One day. Yes. One day. So the third tip is ask yourself some open-ended questions. Why can't I start? What would it look like for me to begin? How would I feel? And then we run after the answers. That helps us to start. I know that helps me. I do a lot of journaling time in the morning and I'll ask myself those questions. And sometimes I ask the question, what's the worst that could happen? Like with this podcast, what's the worst that could happen? Mm -hmm. You and I just have a good time. We have a conversation and no one listens. If that's the worst, I can start that. That's totally fine. That's right. And we'll learn along the way. Number four. Get inspired by someone else's work. Do you know this happens to me every time? I will actually look at something that somebody else has started and I'm like, and I mean this humbly, I really do. Like, I can do that as good as them or maybe even a little bit better. (laughs) Well, don't feel bad. I've had the same thought. I've seen some art and I'm like, what is this doing in a gallery? I could have done that. But I think the difference is that I didn't and they did. Mm -hmm. That whole process of your art and taking a canvas and bringing out the paints, tell me how you start. I don't know. I overthink a lot Mm -hmm. and I eat a lot of food, stress (laughs) eat a little bit beforehand, look up pictures on Pinterest, look up pictures on Unsplash, the resource we shared in the last episode. Um, I try to collect different inspiration, whether it's photos I've taken or artwork I've seen. I'll write notes or I'll even lightly sketch on the painting with a pencil first. Mm. And then when I paint it, it really just feels like coloring. It doesn't feel like as much pressure. I love that lightly sketch on the canvas. I think that needs to go into number four, get inspired with someone else's work and lightly sketch no matter what your canvas is. 
whether it's building something new, whether it's, you know, doing a logo, whether it's building a whole new website and you just don't even lightly sketch. That's how I start every website build. They call it wireframes. Mm. You actually just sketch out what you want the website to look like. And now I can just do it on one sheet of copy paper. But in the beginning, I would take like eight pieces of copy paper and tape them together and draw the whole entire website. I showed my best friend when I first started designing and I dropped down all the sheets of paper and she's like, you're building wireframes. I didn't even know what that was. I just thought, well, if I'm going to do websites for people, I'm going to need to draw it all out first. So I think get a sheet of copy paper, just write down all your ideas, draw what you're visualizing. And a lot of the times that becomes the roadmap to what you're actually trying to do. And then take that wireframe and then do the very first mark. Just start. So number five, find someone to talk it out with. As you just talked about, storyboard it. Draw pictures of what's in your head, but do it with someone else. It helps so much to have someone else, even if you're just brainstorming idea. And I will say, I think this is critical to find someone who is a visionary type person. Mm. Because there are a lot of people in my life, and I appreciate them so much, but they're very analytical. They're automatically thinking about what's not going to work. So you want to find the people who are very open-minded that you can come to and say, hey, I have this idea. I'm a little nervous about it. I need you to just brainstorm it with me and just talk through it. Let me kind of bounce some ideas off of you. We don't want any negative thoughts mm-hmm. in this process. Only visionary thoughts are, are accepted here. So really think about the person before you go to them with an idea and then just storyboard it with them. Go back and forth and just brainstorm it together. I think that's a great place to end this section. Be a visionary because you can visualize yourself starting And then you bring all that positive energy into that. And then starting's not as bad as it was when you first thought about it. So Abigail, I think those are some great ideas for us to be able to start even when we don't know how. Enjoy these words from one of our friends. Hi, I'm Sarah Ross, owner of Sarah Ross Wellness. Through virtual fitness training and wellness coaching, I help women uncover unhealthy patterns and focus on the health of their mind, their body, and their soul. I totally understand what it takes to go on that road to wellness. I took a few years myself of really focusing in on those things and learning what it meant to truly be healthy. I love being able to help women do the same. If you're at all interested, you can find me on Instagram at Sarah Ross Wellness. Thanks so much, two of a kind. Okay, so this brings us to the section in our podcast where we're going to share a resource. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited about this one because when Sue shared this with me, man, I got so many more things done. So Sue, tell them what the Kanban method is. The Kanban method helps to improve workflows. It helps to manage all of the things that we find in front of us. 
I'm going to keep it really super simple. There are ways to be able to go deeper into the Kanban, but the method that I learned had four columns. So the very first column you put in your to-dos. So let's say just for conversation's sake, I'm going to put on, let's say the top 30, okay? So in there are all my to-dos in the left-hand column. The next column is in process, That in process is what I'm going to be working on. The next column is waiting on someone else. And the last column is completed. So we can only have with a Kanban method, three things, three projects going on in the in process at the same time. No more than that. So you take one, two, three out of the to-dos, you put it into the in-process column, and all of these are done on Post-it notes. I know that's some of your favorite things for sure. So you take three Post-it notes and you put it into in-process. So let's say, for example, that while you are in-process, you are at a place where you have to wait for someone else. You take that Post-it note out, put it into the column that says waiting on someone else, and then now how many do you have left in the in-process? Two. Then you can pull from the to-do list and add one more. So you still only have three you're currently working on. That's right. So what happens? Now, this is the fun part. What happened? Now, you have, you pulled one from the to-do list, and now you're back to having the in-process. You have three in there you're working on. I mean, that kind of feels unstressful, right? Having three feels a lot less stressful. Absolutely. So here's what happens next, and this is so important, and this is what helps you to manage this. Let's say that person you were waiting for, for example, you are a web designer. I've been waiting on a piece in the web design to help me with my blog. You finished that piece. Do I start working on the blog right away? No, you need to put that project back in the master to-do list. Exactly. There's no space to put it into the process list. You need to finish one item in the in-process list to open up a slot to slide the item that just came through into. Exactly. This is honestly what keeps me on task all day. I used to have to finish everything right on top of another. I couldn't add another thing, but I would do this up until all hours of the night. Yes, you have been. Oh my gosh, so much. But now I only work on three Mm -hmm. items at a time. And then when the day ends, I save the other items for the following day. So I have that open three slots, three slots. And when I wake up the next morning, I go to my master to-do list and I choose the top three priorities to put in that in-process list. And that's where I start the next day. That keeps us organized. That keeps us working on those important things. And Abigail, that helps us starting and finishing. Oh, for sure. I mean, this was a game changer for me. I literally bought a ginormous whiteboard all these little magnet things that I could clip the post-it note Mm -hmm. to and I'm swapping them out. My roommate comes in. She goes, what is all the sticky notes you have? (laughs) Oh, it's a method. Just, it's fine. It's a method. It's working. I love it because see, we're able to visualize our flow of work. Then we're able to limit the work that we have in progress. We're not going from one thing to the other. We're working on three 
projects. And then we can stop starting new stuff and start finishing. That last column is so much fun. How often do you leave your post-it notes? How long do you leave them in there when you've completed a project? Oh, sometimes longer than I want to admit. (laughs) Because we're able to see fruition. So if you are out there listening to this and you're struggling with management, you're working on too many things at a time, check out the Kanban method. And you will be able to find more about this on Abigail's blog at createandcollab.com slash blog. Okay, that's our podcast for today. So it's our hope that you've learned some new ways to not only start, but to start finishing. Mm -hmm. Oh, and Sue, why don't you leave us with a final thought? These words are from Winston Churchill himself. A pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity, but an optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. See you next time on Two Two of of a a Kind. Kind.